Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Jen Lemmy. I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Jen. Chad, this is our last episode for season two. Season three will be coming out in the in the fall, and we already have some new things planning out. We're going to have some some guests being recurring guests on our podcast. Uh, we'll have to share that later. Maybe this summer we can come up with a with an episode and, and share those new things. But Chad, what an incredible season we've had. We went from, you know, just us struggling to find guests because we didn't have any connections to people now just pointing out who they they would love to hear from. And it's been so fun to, to have all these coaches. You know, we had superintendents this year, Chad. We had, you know, power five basketball coaches in. We had you know, high school football coaches, and we had a huge gamma of diversity in our podcast. And I think that's what's so unique is that regardless of what you're coaching or what your job position is, you can still make an impact through sports um, in the lives of your athletes and your staff and, and everyone, in, you know, involved. But Chad, our podcast, we wanted to finish this up this season with a banger, Chad. And our guest is Ed Gomes. Just go, Chad. Tell me more about Ed Gomes. Ed Gums, I loved uh, seeing him when I was a, a student at Liberty, and uh, I thought this was a really special episode because you hear some of the behind the scenes, uh, everything I'd be curious about, like how did he end up at Liberty back in the day? What sport did he play? Um, and and yeah, how does he how did he get into the role as chaplain of the the football team? Uh, think about all these coaches with Hugh Freeze, Turner Gill. Uh, Coach Rocco, when we were students, um, for him to be consistent in the department for that long really speaks to, to his character and, and ability to work with others. Um, and I think the number one uh, biggest walk away for me was he gave it the advice for young couples today. And you're just going to love, love how simple he, he clarified that. And, and Chad, I just, you guys are going to feel and hear the thoughtfulness in his answers. You know, this is a guy who has been doing this for a very long time. Um, and, you know, I could run through a through a, a wall for him. You know, if you just told me to run through a wall, I probably would. Just because the way the way he communicates is so powerful and impacting that even now, Chad, you know, we we see each other from time to time. But every time he talks to me, he has something to say, something encouraging to say. And it's incredible to see how much longevity his career has has had at Liberty. Um, being faithful in his work with with the football program as well as the other coaches. But coach, we don't want to waste any time. We want to get you right now. Coach Ed Gomes, this is such an honor. Thank you so much for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. My first question is, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? What it means uh, to be a Christian coach, it means to be one who is committed to leading by example in what we say and what we do. In other words, uh, our what we what we communicate verbally ought to be something that we demonstrate and live out in the lives of our student athletes. So I guess to be a, to, 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 to simplify your answer is to be it's to be different. Yeah. Has has that definition changed from your first coaching experience to to now? No, because I go back to when I got saved. One of the things that uh, was always important to me 
was that I be example, that I set an example. So uh, like I tell our guys, hey, uh, if I see something in your life that doesn't reflect what you're supposed to be, then I'm going to say something to you. But you can also, if you see something in my life that is not what it's supposed to be, that you have the freedom to confront me about it because I'm saying, do as I do. You know, my father, my father sometimes would say, don't do as I do as I say. <laughs> and he left a little wiggle room, but my mother would say, you do as I do. And she left no wiggle room. <laughs> um, let's go back to a young Ed. What, what were your dreams and aspirations as a young, uh, as a young person, when, when did you decide to get into sports? And then when did you decide that um, working with sports was, was the way that you wanted to go? Well, I grew up in a, a family, uh, my brothers, my sisters, uh, my father uh, played, uh, was involved in football, basketball. So, so if you were to go back to where I'm from, New Bedford, Massachusetts, and you were to Google the Gomes family, uh, you would... Uh, you would see right away that uh, uh, sports and more so basketball was something that uh, was um, like uh, water for a fish, you know? So, so I was involved with sports at, at, a, at a real young age. And then obviously, you know, elementary playing with, uh, you know, little league sports and then, you know, junior high school, high school, and then college. And so, uh, but basketball was the main sport that was uh, true of our family, you know. And then uh, I got saved. I got saved uh, my junior year in high school. And my whole perspective on sports uh, changed. You know, no longer was it about what I could do. But now it was about what can I do to bring glory and honor to God, you know. And so... Uh, I ended up getting a, uh, a basketball scholarship to uh, back then, you know, Lynchburg Baptist College. And uh, so so it was during my sophomore year that God really uh, confirmed that he wanted me to, as a vocation, go into ministry. And so I was involved with youth ministry, uh, you know, adult ministry in the local church. Um, and so. Uh, I was actually, uh, again, my heart was ministry. And so anything that was ministry related, that, that was something that I was a part of. Yeah. And so when I uh, eventually came back to Liberty uh, in 1996, uh, I was serving as the dean of uh, commuter students. But again, my heart was in ministry and I was dealing with a, a football player, off-campus football player. And the head coach, Ken Karcher, at that time said, hey, this is what we need for our football team. <laughs> so my first thought was, I, you know, I need my head exam because if the coach gets fired, everybody gets fired. I got job security here. <laughs> and so I was reading uh, Rick Warren's uh, a book on purpose-driven life, and there was a section there on your shape of ministry. And so I was reading through that, and it was a no-brainer. So, so since – uh, 2000, I've been serving as a full-time chaplain with, with football. Uh, prior, you know, to coming to Liberty, I was 
a police chaplain for 11 years. So, so sports was something that I've always been involved in. In fact, they laugh at me, say, I was a basketball player, end up, you know, in football. So, but that's how I got involved with, with chaplain ministry uh, with our football team here at Liberty Coach. Yeah. Um, first, when you first came to, to Liberty and it was Lynchburg uh, Baptist College, how did you hear about it? Um, because it was just starting out, right? Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a big school that it is now. Um, how did you hear about it and why did you decide to come here? Oh, let me, let me clarify this too, because I know right now you folks that are listening, you're probably wondering what position does he coach? I coach them all. No, I'm the spiritual coach. I'm the team chaplain. I, I was going to let you all hang on to that for a while, but I, I'll be nice and, and tell you that I'm the spiritual coach. But anyways, um, so um, what was that question again? How, how did you hear about Lynchburg Baptist College back then? Um, and why did you decide that it, that was the best spot for you to come play basketball? Oh, yeah. Okay. Great question. So after I got saved, I couldn't figure out why some of the guys that I was playing ball with, they were getting scholarships and I wasn't. And I was a brand new Christian. And, you know, I thought I was just as good as as some of these guys. And so, so anyway, so to make a long story short, uh, I'd gone to a prep school or had a tryout at a prep school where my brother Tommy was in Connecticut, St. Thomas More. And so I showed up on this particular Saturday and I ended up getting uh, shin splints. I ain't never got shin splints in my life before, never got them after. And so obviously I wasn't able to show what I could do on the basketball court. So I came home and still kind of wondering what in the world's going on. And then uh, I was attending a little storefront church. And this guy overheard that I wanted to uh, study the Bible. In the meantime, I'd got a scholarship to a junior college in Rhode Island, Johnson, Wales. But God was placing a desire to study the Bible. So this guy takes me to this Bible school in Rhode Island, 25 students, no gym class. My family thought I was nuts, going to give up a scholarship to go to a, a Bible school with 25 students, no gym class, no basketball program. So make a long story short, I went and told the coach, I'm going to go to the Bible school for a year. He was a Christian. He said, no problem, we'll stay in touch. I get to the Bible school. And man, it, God just took the desire to play basketball away. It was gone. And again, I couldn't still figure out all that was going on. But so we, 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 uh, we had a, a, a pickup game. And one of the professors knew this guy. I didn't know the guy. He was the starting quarterback for the U.S. Navy football team, John Cartwright. And so he was in the Navy finishing up. So we, we uh, played the basketball game, shared our testimonies. And uh, so that was it. So John was coming to Lynchburg uh, to prepare to go to seminary to be a pastor. Well, he gets to Lynchburg and he runs into the basketball coach and they start having a conversation. And the basketball coach out, hey, you know, you know anybody that might be able to help us out? Uh, they started giving scholarships that year. So he said, well, I, I really can't think of anybody, but if I do, I'll let you know. Well, on the way back to Rhode Island, he remembers me. Okay. And then he he calls the basketball coach, gives the coach my name. And then I got a call from the basketball. I had never heard of Lynchburg. Back then, just the name Lynchburg alone was enough to tell me I ain't going there. You know, Lynchburg. But anyway, so so um, so I got a call from uh, Coach Dan Manley. And, man, I, I came on an official visit, and, and this is where I ended up. But God, again, in his providence, he closed that door at the prep school. Closed the door at the junior college. 
let me play that one time with John Cartwright. And through all that, uh, that's how I ended up coming to Lynchburg. And, of course, when I showed up, Coach, you know, I asked, I asked the coach, I said, Coach, where's the basketball court? You know, where's the dormitories? He said, we're going to be over there. It's going to be over there. Well, all there was on the mountain was trees and the mansion and one white barn. So I came and I had a choice of living on Treasure Island. I wasn't going to live on Treasure Island. I was afraid the James River was going to come up and watch us away. So I lived downtown at Stewart Arms Hotel. But, but that's how I found out uh, about Lynchburg Baptist College. And I played three years. Didn't play my last year. God was kind of changing my heart. But that's how I ended up in Lynchburg. Yeah. And you, you've you met your wife. Did you, did you meet your wife here at, at Liberty? Uh, no, uh, I actually met my wife. Her dad started and pastored a church about two blocks from my house. Okay. And uh, during, uh, it was actually, uh, I had a youth revival at her dad's church. And uh, this young lady had a look on her face like, you know, was I going to ask her for her address? And so, you know, when I saw that kind of look, brother, that was history. Was that, was that before coming to college or after? That was during. During college. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. You, you've been married now for almost 40 years. Yeah, right? 43 years. I told my wife, if I had known what was in that package, I'd have been chasing her a long time ago. <laughs> what, what can you give us as some advice for younger coaches who are married or who might be getting married here soon yeah. to, to be able to maintain a great relationship at home as well as be very successful at our jobs? Because you've been able to do both for now 43 years. Well, I would say, Coach, one is, is the key is rem remembering priorities. God first, family second, and job third. And those are things that you have to work at. Now, sometimes those, uh, you know, they, 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 they change. But, but, but as a, a general rule, um, how is this going to impact my relationship with God? How is this going to impact my relationship with my family? And how is this going to impact my relationship with my job? So, you know, like, for example, as a chaplain, you know, I might have Monday nights as family night or date night where my wife and I go out. Well, I get a call that one of our players was in an auto accident and he's probably not going to make it. And so all of a sudden now at that time, my uh, ministry becomes a priority. You know, but you're always trying to keep that in mind. God first, family second, job third. Yeah. And when you consistently get those priorities out of whack, uh, life life gets a little distorted. So, so it, that's something you're always working on. You know, my wife grew up in the church. My wife's dad was a pastor. So one of the things that she helped me with is making sure that we were always at the events uh, that my my children were involved in, whether it was sports events, school events, you know, church events. And so I think that would be the, the thing that I would say for any any young couple or, or, or someone who's been married is God first, family second, job third. And you keep those three in front of you and everything else will. I mean, my wife one time said to me, she said, it's easier for you to do something for someone else than it is for you to do something for me. And my problem was, I never said no. Someone said, hey, hey, can you help me? Oh, man, I'll be over there in five minutes. 
Well, for me, it was hard for me to say no, but when my wife said that to me, I had to say, wait a minute. You know, my wife's trying to tell, God's trying to tell me something through my wife. Yeah. So I had to uh, say, hey, man, I wish I could help but right now. I've got some other things that I've got, I'm committed to and I'm not able to do it. So I got better at that. Yeah. But again, God first, family second, uh, job third. Yeah. You can only cash in on those on those chips of putting your job in front of your family or God, you know, so many times before it just becomes out of balance, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the thing too, uh, coaches, I didn't realize until my children left, we have two children, both married. They have two children. Uh, I didn't realize it until the children left. What an opportunity we had to model. So, so right now you're modeling, you know, they're watching a movie. And just keep sowing seeds, keep sowing seeds, because you're not going to realize the impact that you have until they leave. Yeah. So just keep sowing seeds. Yeah. Coach, when, when you're working with the football players and you do have some work with coaches as well and in the other sports here at Liberty, what is the one central message that once you're done working with them, they graduate or they move on? Um, what is the one central message that you want them to know? The, the most important relationship is your relationship with God. Because that relationship impacts all the other relationships. You know, I was just talking to one of our young men. Uh, his first semester, he was nowhere to be found. Well, he come back the second semester and he never looked back. And so I just talked to him the other day and uh, he was serving on the staff at uh, Saddleback Church with Rick Warren. And he is now in Charlotte uh, in the process of preparing to start a church. But when he first became a part of our football program, he was nowhere to be found, spiritually speaking. But when he decided to make his relationship with God the most important relationship, he never looked back. And then here he is today. And not that it's just folks that are in ministry. You know, uh, today we have two young men who are part of our football team that uh, practice in medicine together. These were two guys that were spiritual leaders on our football team years ago. But today they're practicing medicine together here in Lynchburg. <laughs> And spiritual things are still important to them, you know. So, so I would say, Coach, that 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 through our relationship, through everything we talk about, is that that they would know that the most important relationship is their relationship with God, because that relationship impacts them. It impacts not only them; it impacts uh, if they're married, their wife; if they have children, their children. It just impacts every single area of their life. So that would be the one, the most important thing that that I would try to communicate and hope that our guys would say, hey, this is what's important. Yeah. Um, you you you're you're in charge of the spiritual side of things. It's hard to measure success. You know, it's uh, you know, it's easier for a coach. It's win losses. You know, you, we, we have a few chaplains that listen to the podcast as well. What? What does success look to you in your 
position as, as the team chaplain? Um, and, and how do you make sure that those are the, you know, that you're always seeking that kind the, the right type of success? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, because it's not about success. It's about being faithful as a coach, faithful as a chaplain, being faithful where God has planted us in sowing seed. You know, sometimes, you know, you as a coach, you know, you're you're talking to one of your players, you know, 10 years down the road and they're coaching. And all of a sudden, you know, they say, hey, coach, I remember when you, you I mean, I find myself utilizing that now as a coach. So, so sometimes you don't see, you don't see the fruit, but just keep sowing seed, you know, just keep sowing seed. Uh, so for me, it's somebody utilizing the gifts that God has given them and allowing God to use him uh, to be a blessing to others. You know, we have guys that are in finance. We have guys that are in coaching. You know, we have guys that are in medicine. We have guys that are in, you know, business or, you know, our lawyers. So, so success to me is, seeing the young men where they're at at this moment, utilizing the giftedness that God has given to them to make a difference in the life of others. Because one of the things that one of the outcomes of discipleship coach is, is I want our guys to uh, see it. So then whether they go into coaching or whether they go into medicine, they'll be able to take, what they saw and be able to apply it. So I would say to, to, to summarize the question is seeing uh, young men utilize uh, the gifts that God has given them to make a difference in the lives of those that they're working with. That would be success for me. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great answer. Coming from a coach who, you know, it's a, it's a different side of the job there. Um, coach, thank you so much for, for taking the time. I, I really appreciate it. Um, every time I talk to you, I, I feel like I learned so much and I have to take the time to digest all of the information because there's so much uh, deep uh, information there. Um, coach, how can we be praying for you as we move on here? Yeah, let me just say this quickly too. Talking to coaches now. For example, I can't make players meet with me. There's players I would love to meet with me. But when the coach says, hey, I want you to meet with the team chaplain, you know what happens? He meets with the team chaplain. So you as a coach, you if you see something, you can uh, utilize that spiritual mentor or that chaplain just by telling the player, I want you to meet with uh, the chaplain for the next four weeks. So as coaches, utilize, utilize, uh, if you do have a chaplain, utilize him or her so that you work together uh, as, as a team. So I would say for me, coach, getting back to that question, faithfulness, that I will be faithful where I have been planted. You know, we, we, uh, we use, as you know, uh, we've talked about it. We use a whole person development model 
that basically focuses on academics, athletics, social, and spiritual. So, so my prayer is, is that I will be faithful where God has planted me in, in that would be my prayer. Faithfulness. Sounds good. All right, let's get, go to prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this conversation with coach Gomes. Thank you for his steadfastness in his job and, and in his marriage and his relationship with, with his friends and family and coworkers and players. Um, Lord, thank you that you've put him in a position where he can impact young men for your kingdom on a daily basis. Lord, we ask that, that you help him to have the faithfulness where he's planted at this exact moment, that he won't look back, that he won't look forwards, but he'll, he'll focus on the present and focus on how he can serve the people around him the best way in order to bring them to a closer relationship with you. Father, thank you so much again for, for this conversation. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 We are so thankful that Ed Gomes, the chaplain at Liberty University, was able to come and share with us. Uh, it was a blessing for me to pretend like I'm just sitting down uh, across from him, getting some life advice and hearing his, his journey. Uh, but just his advice uh, to young couples is just knowing your priorities. And I think he really articulated it well with that um, thinking through God first, family, and then work. Um, but there's times that, that another priority, he used the example of a car wreck for a student athlete yeah. where his work might need to step in. And so just having that, that fluidity and flexibility to discern and know. Um, but that, that uh, I loved hearing that, a great reminder. I loved, I loved the two, two things, Chad, the, his quote, the quote from his wife, you know, that she told him that sometimes it feels like it's easier for him to do something for someone else than it is to do it for her. And that hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, Chad, because I think we look at our our jobs as the mission field, right? And we want to serve our athletes and our staff, but sometimes we, we neglect our own family, you know, yeah. and, and then our priorities get mixed up and it's okay if you put job in front of your family a few times a year, that's okay. The moment is when that's a recurring thing so much that it switches the priority list. Um, and, and then the other thing, Chad, was that the most important relationship you can have is your relationship with God, because that affects every other relationship that you have. Nice. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes I feel best inside other relationships when I feel close to God in my personal relationship with him. Yeah. And I just I just love that. Yeah. Well said. And uh, like you said, at the start of this this recording, um, you know, end of season two, you know, they talk about a sophomore slump many times. Hopefully this wasn't our sophomore slump year, but hey, we're 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 not uh, we're going to be upperclassmen there in season yeah. three, ready to be junior year for uh, for podcasting, and we've learned so much, met so many new friends, uh, networked throughout the the Christian coaching world, and it's been such a blessing for you all to join us in this uh, transformational journey of just learning uh, from coaches and and leaders around the world. Yeah, and just as, as a reminder, if you guys can take 10 seconds and just go and rate and review our podcast, that just helps with the algorithms to get the word out and, and get it more recommended to other people that have the same interests. But again, like you said, Chad, it's, you know, two years of doing this with you has been such a blessing. You know, it's almost, it's almost unreal that we just started this from scratch in the middle of a pandemic and just hurrying to figure out even how to record podcasts and publish podcasts and and to find pot, you know, podcast guests. And it's been so cool to see where this podcast has, has gone 
And it's all a testament to God's faithfulness. You know, I think, Chad, when when we bring him the the bread and the fish, God will multiply that and deliver it to thousands of people. And I think we've, we've done a good job of that. Um, and I just can't wait to see what season three, um, come, you know, how, how it's going to come about and uh, just love the new things we have in store and the things that we're thinking about. Um, Coach, just remember throughout the summer, if you don't listen to us again, that the mission field is right where you're at.